Before I begin today's episode, let's do a quick recap of what has been covered so far. In the previous episode, I presented to you 10-factor infra, a framework for secure, scalable and robust modern infrastructure. In the first factor of the 10-factor infra, I explained how segregated network, perimeter security, single secure entry point and dedicated peer-to-peer -peer links would help to build the foundation of a robust infrastructure needed for today's digital transformation. In this episode, I am going to discuss about the second factor of the 10-factor infra framework, that is systems. In this factor, I will share the design principles and config parameters for servers hosting applications for today's digitally transformed world to deliver always-on services. I will explain some of the common challenges that today's online world faces on application hosting and explain how to mitigate those using the system factor of the 10-factor infra framework. CloudCutter is available on all podcast platforms, so tune into the infra journey on your favorite podcaster and learn the art of mastering modern infrastructure. Do visit my website www.cloudkata.com That's right, it's cloudkata.com and subscribe to the complete playlist along with the transcripts so you get notified about upcoming episode and various supporting blogs and articles that's, that gets published. And if you have any queries or feedback about the sessions, connect with me on cloudkata.com. So let's continue our deep dive into anatomy of modern infra on Cloudkata, mastering modern infra show. Hey there, welcome everyone. Thanks for listening to Cloud Kata Mastering Modern Infrastructure. Learn how to design cloud-ready modern infrastructure with zero downtime deployment, security and effective FinOps with me, Kamalika Majumdar. I will explain some of the common challenges that today's online world faces on application hosting and explain how to mitigate those using the system factor of the 10-factor infra framework. Systems is the first layer of in the anatomy of modern infrastructure where you will start noticing operational expenses since it is the first chargeable service that you will encounter in any cloud today. Now you might ask what about network doesn't it cost anything? Well most cloud providers almost charge uh, zero or very minimal for their network services unless you go with some very fancy uh, security devices or uh, load balancing systems the base network uh, as explained in the in the previous episode the three layer segregated network would not cost you much especially if you're going on cloud and you're opting for a vpc so vpcs are not charged additionally so this is the layer systems where you will be charged based on the utilization or number of uh, hours or second your system is running so it is very important to be careful that uh, so, such that this layer that does not end up uh, being uh, the, in the you know the most uh, expensive uh, infrastructure service and although every business in today's digitally transformed world works at or aims at becoming the best seller in its own domain uh, by delivering quality applications and services however none of them are running businesses with a budget 
ट्रस्ट मी नो मैटर हाउ बिग दैट बिग और स्मॉल दैट ऑर्गेनाइजेशन इज एवरीबडी हैज अ सेट बजट फॉर देयर ऑपरेशनल कॉस्ट एंड द मोमेंट दैट बजट इज एक्सीडेड दैट्स वेन द अलार्म इज इज यू नो हिट एंड पैनिक स्टार्ट्स एंड पीपल स्टार्ट आस्किंग यू नो ऑप्टिमाइज योर इन्फ्रा ट्रिम डाउन योर इन्फ्रा एंड देन पुट्स एडिशनल प्रेशर ऑन द डेवलपमेंट कम्युनिटी टू मेक कॉम्प्रोमाइजेस और देर इज अ कंसर्न दैट इट विल रिस्क compromising the performance of what the services has been built on that infra so it is very important that you take care of optimized infrastructure and optimize uh, finops right at the beginning of designing of your infrastructure that is why i will share you how to build a scalable yet optimized systems to prevent overspilling your budget so let's start uh, uh, with uh, some of the challenges and the impact of them in in current day digitally transformed world so what are the uh, top most challenges or if i say uh, demands of modern infrastructure and i have al- uh, already spoken about it in my first episode um of networks so the top most demand is performance right uh, and everybody wants to uh, get uh, their sales uh, you know increase based on the demands and the application should perform really really well and nowadays uh, as more and more mobile applications are coming to the market uh, the demand for performance has even gone higher uh, and what does prevent uh, organization from meeting those performance especially what does uh, prevent them uh, from meeting the required or or the demanded sales during peak hours and how are they getting impacted today so there are three major things that are impacting the peak hour sales uh, or performance and the first one is mutable infrastructure what is mutable infrastructure it defines the infrastructure which has gone multiple changes over time Uh, or you may say multiple mutation over time such that every server has become its own work of art and this leads to uh, a bottleneck in testing and testing takes forever any kind of changes or upgrade that that server has to take really becomes time consuming because it has gone through so many changes in your version that the server itself becomes a dependency so mutable infrastructure is not scalable because you really depend on that single server which has gone through multiple changes you cannot scale it out if you want to add another server let's say to meet the performance demand you cannot uh, do that because you don't know how many changes it has gone through because of all the manual steps that has been taken so these leads to a a halt or a bottleneck in scalability of your infrastructure the next thing that hits performance uh, relate uh, scalability related to performance is stateful systems most often we see that compute services which are truly meant to host your applications and services end up being stateful system you end up storing stateful data into your compute service whereas it it was meant only to focus on computation right only services or application or software not to host your data what a stateful system bring in stateful system bring you into a ecosystem which leads to a non zero downtime upgrade so today we if you want to upgrade your compute services and if the compute service are storing some kind of data and that data uh, is a dependency for that service to run then you cannot really do uh, on demand upgrades you cannot uh, quickly scale it out because you will have to scale the data as well 
so when your compute system become stateful system that brings you to a downtime prone environment and then that halts you from doing an an automatic scaling of your infrastructure whenever there is a peak uh, our sale demand hit and that brings me to the third and most important factor for performance is scaling due to mutable infrastructure and stateable systems in the compute services scaling becomes time consuming and costly because you you just do not have to spend on heavy servers which has been uh, you know enhanced with a lot of resources and changes over time you also have to think about what all those changes are and how to replicate them when you are scaling your server limit so these three uh, are uh, the topmost challenges to meet the performance demand that today's online world needs the next uh, challenge is as i mentioned earlier uh, finops now what is finops finops means uh, managing your operational cost on cloud this term literally means that so where does it become challenging most often organization uh, just assume that they will need, need this set of budget and that communication does not uh, get passed on to the uh, you know uh, engineers who are actually developing the in infrastructure and they think that they can just uh, invest uh, on infrastructure and uh, choose the uh, highest available uh, resource and then they they start developing their application uh, accordingly and uh, this uh, this is this also gets contributed by the mutable infrastructure that i mentioned earlier let's say let's take this example like you have one server so you start developing uh, your service and uh, you uh, identify that oh i need two virtual machines one for app web server one for app server and you know uh, rest for the database service let's say you are on cloud so you choose uh, ec2 instance uh, on uh, the on the cloud or a compute engine on the cloud and you say that okay my service uh, will need this much cpu this much memory and that will be enough now that's the start of development maybe for your development environment but you never think of production need in the day of development and uh, that's where you hit the first challenge or the you know you risk your infrastructure when you are doing development it is all good to do everything in one machine and you know take it forward but you, when you go to production or even before you do performance testing uh, and sometimes i have observed that during performance testing itself you are testing the application and you are just capturing how much it needs and you keep bumping up that server and you choose a really high end server for your stateless services as well and that that this kind of scaling is called vertical scaling and it costs more because you're spending more on a single server which you may or may not be able to scale out within 5 minutes right and you end up spending so much on that server uh, and uh, due to other uh, reasons and since you do not know how much your server will need tomorrow or when you go live you you just keep it on a pay as you go model right and uh, you cannot leverage the benefits of finops that the cloud provider really gives and i will explain how to uh, you know mitigate these and build a very effective finops but finops is a challenge today because most often there is a gap of communication between your operational uh, uh, group and your engineering group and uh, or if i may say between your uh, business group or the budgeting group or a finance group or the engineering group and due to the this gap uh, one party is not aware that they have a uh, 
you know false ceiling that they once they hit that they cannot really go beyond that and the other party is not aware that they need to communicate it so that measures are taken to meet an optimized design within the threshold that is defined and um, the last but not the least the most important challenge today is to meet the desired security so that uh, you are compliant with the regulatory needs of your service no matter which domain you are in uh, in today's world it is not just the banks or the fintechs who have to uh, meet the regulations it is also the service organizations who have to meet the security compliance um, or the regulation uh, policies so delivering a secured system for your application which is especially which are public facing is very important today and these are uh, a compulsory need to get your application certified so these are some of the common challenges uh, that today's uh, online uh, or digital world faces uh, and these have to be really taken care of right at the beginning when you are designing your infrastructure uh, so that you do not hit a bottleneck down the line when you are right before you are going live right now uh, let's uh, look into how to mitigate these challenges how, how to tackle them uh, none of them are uh, black boxes there is a solution model for each one of them and i'll explain them one by one so let's begin looking into the solutions the first solution uh, this i'll be focusing uh, next a uh, couple of uh, solution that i'll be focusing on how to uh, get uh, how to prevent yourself to getting into mutable infrastructure model or stateful infrastructure model now first thing first for your services always choose a compute as a service model in whichever cloud provider you are going or if you are hosting on premise make sure that you identify the services which are purely compute it may be your uh, microservices or it may be if you are a monolithic application it can be your application uh, uh, servers uh, that you will have to identify make sure those app servers or web servers or microservices ecosystem framework are stateless so that remember your application will go through faster changes will have to adopt will have to enhance will have to uh, do feature updates very frequently or and that will be on demand and with the model of continuous delivery uh, it is an expectation that you are always production ready so that is why when you have to do so many enhancement and you have to grow your application it is very important that your application layer is stateless so that whenever needed you can upgrade it you can scale it uh, or you can enhance it with zero downtime deployment model right you cannot say that oh i need to deploy a new version of an application so i'll be taking 20 minutes downtime your customers are not going to wait 20 minutes to for you to upgrade they will immediately jump on to your competitors services so stateless systems for your applications or services to achieve zero downtime deployment model is very very important uh, and that can be uh, achieved uh, firstly you, it's uh, not necessary to say that for all of these you need virtual appliances or virtual machine but i'm still mentioning it because sometimes uh, when you are on premise or you, if you are in a hybrid cloud model you end up you might end up uh, looking into a bare metal option but don't go with bare metal those era is gone so everything should be should be virtualized and if possible should be in an appliance model and 
this virtual uh, machine or a system or an instance whatever you may call when you are building it make sure you have separate partitions for your root operating system and your application data or application config i'm calling it data but it is not a really a stateful data it is the application config which has to sit on your system unless you are using uh, you know memory based uh, uh, storage for your configuration but still you need some space for your application especially let's say you are uh, in a containerized uh, framework and uh, you need certain space where your docker containers or your whichever containerized model you are in those containers will occupy some certain space in your system and th this that space is not a uh, 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 data address because that uh, will get cleared up on demand but it is important that you s uh, separate out the partitions which are for your root operating system which is the linux operating system and the separate partition for your application data plus uh, also if you have uh, logs that are being generated by your application and you are storing these these logs into log files on on the local disk make sure you have a separate partition for your logs as well and i will explain uh, much more in details about logging in my uh, upcoming sessions which is purely dedicated on logging but uh, in this session i'll just mention that you need separate partitions for separate kind of uh, configuration that you have on your uh, stateless uh, compute service so separate for operating system or root disk separate for your uh, application data or application config and call it data separate for your logs and then the next thing is thin provision disk you when you are creating a, a server on uh, cloud uh, and this is related to how virtualized system virtualization works always choose thin provision disk because thin provision disk can be expanded in future if you are using thick provision disk that reserves that disk to the limit that you have defined first you cannot extend it beyond it if you have thin provision disk if you and tomorrow if for some reason you have to extend it or uh, you know extend it by few gigs you will be able to do it so that is why always choose the option of thin provision disk and uh, when you are mounting multiple disk into your servers say for root operating system for application config for logging data always make sure that those disks are formatted and those formatted disk are mounted at the boot up now cloud provider will not automatically format your additional disk that you are using it will only have formatting for the root disk which is a uh, packaged within the images and i'll talk about how to do a proper packaged image to mitigate these mount points so make sure that all the disk that you are creating are mounted at the system boot up and this will help you get a immutable infrastructure and now let's see how you can get with those configuration model how to build a immutable uh, infrastructure now as i explain immutable infrastructure is that no static configuration on the machine right it's all uh, being packaged as a template so that you can create as many machines as you want and creating servers or servers become like a commodity item use and throw if you are using it you scale it out if the server has an issue just you know discard it and build another one in order to achieve that kind of immutable infrastructure what you need to begin with is that a packaged base image so a customized customized base image in line with your need and what are those needs that is 
saving the installation time so this base image will install the operating system with already have the installed operating system and it will have a standardized operating system not like one is using linux one is using debian etc and it will have a base sizing and config so create a base image which has a particular uh, sizing or we can call it t-shirt sizing for your cpu memory and disk space let's say you are building a base image for your compute services so for any linux system 20 gb is enough for the operating system so to keep some buffer or to keep some uh, space for the swap memory etc you can keep like say uh, 30 gb for your root uh, op file system uh, space and you can add another 60 GB let's say for application data. Now if you are also generating logs which are stored within the same uh, system uh, before it, it is sent to the collectors uh, uh, certain files or if you are running a Kubernetes cluster or say uh, any kind of uh, you know, dockerized cluster uh, what you can do is these containers will also occupy some cached images so you can add another uh, disk uh, more more often you don't need it just two is enough one for application data application data um, you know is composed of all these cached uh, images or logs etc so separate out you know this is the base slice for you separate out and then you can install some default tools into it let's say you have a standardized logging tool like say elk or a standardized monitoring tool um, or deployment tool uh, which and intends uh, or which needs some kind of agents to be installed so install it on these default tools and package this whole thing into a image now images can be uh, in if you are on cloud these images are called amis if you are on premise on a bare um, minimum virtualization system like vmware these are called as uh, iso files now there are different extensions in which you can save these images it can be vmdk ami you know isos whatever vmdk well it's the disk file so amis and isos amis for cloud and uh, isos for uh, only virtualized system like vmware so always automate the base image creation there are tools to automate this whole process you don't have to sit and click through multiple buttons or go through multiple scripts so tools like packer is very handy in this as it can output all standard image types like amis isos and it can be also used to uh, create base image for your containers so let's say you are in a containerized ecosystem you are building um, uh, microservices so you can also create a base image for your microservices say you are using a base centos image so and that microservice will need certain uh, third party library so you can and certain configuration paths etc so you can all pre-install them and package them and all of this can be achieved through one tool which is packer so use packer to automate your uh, you know system or base images so that you have one template that can be used multiple times and your infrastructure becomes truly immutable uh, the next thing you'll have to take care of it once you have this system in place you will still need a operating uh, system uh, you know file which is uh, iso file so always use the trusted official os source that the 
official community provides for example if you are going with centos use the official community uh, version of centos from their repositories um, if you want to be and be very careful when you are choosing uh, open source version and an enterprise version remember you might be able to download the enterprise version and use it but you will be violating the end user license agreement if you have not purchased the license so don't just uh, download from any random source if they give you red hat uh, or any other enterprise system make sure that you always go to the official site and official repositories and beware of the licensing terms so uh, uh, so that you do not encounter any problem in future now once these images are built store these images in a centralized repository so uh, you will have a lot of packages to store that you are building always make sure you have a centralized repository and nowadays there are uh, uh, these artifact repository uh, available uh, where you can store all kind of uh, artifacts so even for images you can store them you can even store uh, executables or files or zip files etc so uh, uh, some of these tools are like nexus or artifactory but make sure you are saving these images and they are not just you know stored in any server on on a folder and things like that the the reason why you need to store in artifact repository because you, with this automation and with this standardized images you will want to pull it multiple times and many times during the day so it is always important that you store it so that in parallel you can uh, just go to the repository and download it and always version your images so if you are using a certain version say 8.0 of centos and you have built the base centos image for your infrastructure and next uh, you are going to a next version 8.2 make sure you build when you are rebuilding the image it is versioned and labeled correctly so that it is uh, uh, don't just mark as latest you know uh, when you are doing docker imaging it will always show you as latest but don't just over keep overriding the image say with the latest tag make sure you change the version and then you upgrade otherwise the whole purpose of imaging and using version control system uh, or centralized artifact repository will be gone because you will be literally having one image and you are just overriding so you will end up uh, you know getting into that immute uh, the mutable infrastructure uh, loop so do not go into this whenever you are doing any change on your image from the first version that you deliver always upgrade the version and then repackage it so you have a previous version and the next version and you can also add description into it saying okay it has these enhancements some extra folders or extra users and why it was done so always version control your images which you are going to use now once you have a version control image and you are all ready to uh, start uh, provisioning your infrastructure or your compute services you will be having two options on a cloud you can either go with a simple compute service um, where just these are just virtual machines which which are launched and you install your software these model this model is called a self managed service so only the compute server is managed by cloud and rest all is self managed by you then there is a next model for your compute service which is managed model which gives you which still works on the same compute layer however it gives you only the managed interface and you do not have to go into the server configuration and all you can still use your base image which you have built but you need not have to bother about any kind of patching you know scalability things like that this is called a managed version or managed mode of services so there are two models of uh, the way to choose services either managed or self managed uh, 
some positives of the managed service which is cloud managed the cloud provider is managing the system setup you just tell them that okay i want my base image i want uh, these many servers and i want a service of kubernetes so give me and they will create it um, there are some benefits like maintenance and support so uh, you know uptime of those servers and maintenance and that they are always up and running is taken care of by the cloud provider you don't have to keep monitoring onto them and they give a certain level of sla so if they are not meeting that kind of sla either 99.99 or 99999 you can always get a payback right so some uh, a, a lot of operational headache is gone the next thing is performance and high availability most of this managed service come with a ha mode and performance enabled thing like auto scaling so you can enable them if you need them and it will be taken care of again by the cloud provider that means that um, high availability means they if you choose that option they will uh, spin up multiple servers in across regions which gives highly available infrastructure plus if you are enabling a performance uh, mode with auto scaling they will automatically scale the uh, servers if you are uh, if you reach certain peak limit but remember you will have to tell what is your peak limit the cloud provider will not know whether you will be um, uh, you know you want to scale out when you hit 70% of your uh, cpu utilization or you want to scale out if you reach 80% so you will have to define what you want to achieve but once you define it they will take care of doing the rest and the second thing is um, you as i said you will have to define the config parameter uh, config values parameters will be given by them you will have to define the values so configuration management is only your headache the infrastructure management infrastructure provisioning is the cloud provider's headache now there are some negatives of this model uh, the first thing is uh, a complex pricing model or hidden service charges because it is managed by the cloud sometimes by partners of the cloud provider you may be charged a huge uh, amount based on the utilization like per second utilization or per hour utilization or how many users user accounts you are creating there are different pricing model so you will literally have to spend some time to play around with that pricing model twist and tweak and see which is which meets your budget requirement so and there can be some hidden service charges like say you know upgrade charge and things like that which might not be visible right at the beginning which might come in on say network bandwidth charge and things like that so um, finops is a pro, you know issue sometimes they they in turn out to be very costly for smaller businesses uh, sometimes uh, larger organization as well so sorry um, you will have to be careful about it the second uh, negative i may say is a lack of ownership or visibility on the management node so all these servers are uh, as we know that for any kind of clustered mode there will be some management servers like food where you hand control center so the control center remains with the cloud provider and you will not have any access or any um, visibility to inside those systems you may on, you only have uh, you know control over the configuration values that are defined by the cloud providers uh, the the parameters are defined you will only have control over the values you will not know uh, from where the cloud provider is managing it they might give you some ip addresses and regions but uh, still you will not have a 100% visibility like you would have for, with self managed system where you know which is your primary secondary you know control center etc and this uh, lack of ownership and visibility um, 
might raise uh, you know privacy concern and uh, your auditors or compliance uh, uh, you know uh, regulators uh, will ask who has visibility uh, to the data especially for fintechs let's say loan platform and uh, like services uh, there is a, a clause in many country in some countries where they will ask who has visibility to the data whom are you sharing the data are you copying the data outside of the of the country now those data privacy concern have to be clarified if you are using uh, managed services and sometimes uh, these managed services might internally be integrating with another uh, public facing saas service where it is sending data now if you have some kind of sensitive pii data that is being sent to those third party servers which are not within your country then that might uh, bring up another challenge to meet the regulation so data privacy concern for managed services uh, should be uh, looked into and uh, many uh, times uh, uh, organizations like banks uh, end to go to the self managed model and not to the managed model because they have all these concerns uh, as to data sharing and data privacy because managed services is completely managed uh, the next thing is that portability uh, if you are going with the cloud managed service you do not have much of a portability you only have portability of the data so you can export and you know uh, import the data but if you think that uh, let's say you have a um, you know um, rds service on aws and you can just uh, as is take everything and implement it on say gcp you may or may not be able to do it you might need to invest on some data migration tools so data migration becomes uh, critical or a, a challenge sometimes due to the portability and you enter into a vendor locking and that might cause uh, you to step back from any kind of data migration so you will be literally depending on that particular cloud so basically managed services is very helpful if you are a single cloud based hosting and not a hybrid cloud hosting and uh, um, if you are a regulator uh, or if you have met the right agreement with your cloud provider uh, required for the regulatory needs um so what what comes to when it comes to the self managed services of course there are uh, all these uh, uh, you know challenges or negatives of managed services these becomes positive of self managed service like say self managed is that the, the virtual server is created by you uh, the the services are installed by you so you have complete control and the ip is within your control and you can even encrypt the system to add another layer of uh, you know security and you do not have the data privacy and confidentiality because you can regulate who can get inside those server and who has visibility to the systems or services running into the server there is no hidden cost because you are only paying for the servers there is no hidden service charge or maintenance support unlike in the managed cloud uh, managed services model where um, there might be hidden charges uh, for your managed services for add-ons or support etc and then there are no vendor locking factors so let's say if you have a postgres cluster and if you have self managed or say redis cluster if you have self managed you have three machines where you have a redis cluster uh, and you are on aws uh, let's say you have to uh, create another uh, similar redis cluster on a uh, google cloud to in some other region where google is available you do not have to bother about anything you just go create machine and take the same setup and install it so you do not have to invest more onto it you have portability across and uh, that also helps in data migration so you know what uh, or application migration because there is no data on on that 
so uh, managed and self managed services and uh, negatives of the self managed services is of course which is the positive of managed is support and maintenance um, you will have to take care of or own the uh, operational maintenance if uh, a, a particular node is down a cluster is down any kind of uh, you know uh, security patches etc you will have to take care of everything cloud provider will not take care of anything and uh, in managed service you only have to take care of config management in self managed service you will have to take about infra and config both and uh, negative uh, uh, another negative is on demand scaling so you have auto scaling for managed services if you define that i want to scale out to four uh, or 10 different nodes if my utilization hits uh, 70% of the cpu for my kubernetes cluster once you define it you are uh, done the cloud provider will take care of uh, you know scaling it out when it reaches that threshold and automatically scale it down when the threshold comes down but in case of self managed services those kind of uh, operations has to be taken care of by you by whichever operational mechanism so of course there is an operational and uh, management overhead that you are adding but the benefit is that you have 100% control on the system so based on your requirement choose the compute services and since i am talking about immutable stateless infrastructure and compute service it is if you are not having any critical data if you if you have made your compute service completely stateless then it is okay to go with managed services uh, because there is no pii data that you are storing just make sure that you have the right agreement with your cloud provider uh, so that they are not unnecessarily scanning your systems and in the name of uh, you know um, you know security review or in the name of uh, monitoring they are not scanning your system unnecessarily and sending data somewhere else so just make sure that you clarify those things in the agreement that you are getting into with your cloud provider as i as i have been talking much about scaling so let's uh, uh, also uh, discuss uh, about scaling so scaling can be done in uh, there are two ways to do scaling uh, one is called vertical which is scaling up that means you add more power to your existing ser- server or machine and the second is horizontal that means scaling out that means you are adding additional resource to your system by adding more machine uh, and like you know network or sharing processing or memory uh, so which is the one that you should follow always follow a scaling out mechanism remember the mutable infrastructure you will again end up in the loop of mutable infrastructure if you are scaling up that means you are putting a lot of power to a single machine that means that machine becomes the bottleneck for you so do not end up into that model always use a horizontal scaling or scaling out model where you define a certain uh, benchmark on your machine images and the package and then use a managed service where you define that okay maximum number of servers that i need for my kubernetes cluster it's say let's say 4 and uh, when do i uh, i uh, you know minimum is 2 maximum is 4 and uh, i want to scale out whenever the performance uh, you know the utilization crosses 70% of cpu that's it done horizontal scaling uh, will not uh, you know end up in mutable uh, infrastructure In, with horizontal scaling you can get immutable infrastructure and also auto scaling that you will need during peak hour traffic uh, now in auto, in auto scaling you can do it in two mode uh, truly auto that uh, you define in and it is automatically scaled out and the uh, in some cloud you may be restricted to do it if you are uh, restricted to do it or if you are not very comfortable in automatic uh, scaling uh, make it on demand 
that means it is still automatically scaled but the approval is given but once the approval is given from your end um so uh, on demand scaling usually you will need when you are in the development phase but once you have reached a comfortable uh, stage of your application you have done the fair amount of testing and you know how your application behaves it's uh, good to go in auto scaling and auto scaling you may i would recommend you uh, do auto scaling for your uh, production like infrastructure development and your test infrastructure will not need it uh, you might uh, be only good with the uh, you know no scaling model because again you will have to uh, meet your budget you cannot just uh, you know over spend on your budget with zero utilization right uh, thinking that oh i will need this down the line in 6 months so let me just create it and keep running remember all of the services especially from system layer as i mentioned earlier you will start getting charged per second per hour or per day based on how long your server is up and running no matter you have 100% utilization or 0% utilization as long as your server is up and running you will be charged for it so uh, make sure where your building this model um so uh, in short follow horizontal scaling and auto scaling for production like environment and on demand scaling for your development and test in case you need it if you do not need it do not go with automatic scaling there so that brings me to the next thing once you have all these uh, uh, features like managed services and uh, uh, automated scaling you will really hit uh, the requirement of finops as i mentioned earlier if you are not careful enough uh, uh, of where all you are paying for it and what is your limit you will hit uh, overspending and exceeding your budget so very important when you are building the machine images like i mentioned earlier have a t-shirt size machine images every cloud provider gives you n number of uh, machine image size don't have one type of family for one environment and, and another for production have a standardized machine images and the way you can do it is look into what that machine image or you know that instance family provides if your application is compute intensive use a compute intensive compute optimized uh, uh, machine uh, family if it is a cpu and io intensive use a cpu and io optimized Uh, instance families if you are not uh, if you know that oh i will only have this much utilization that you are aware of how much of an utilization let's say you are uh, installing a third party software and you know that typically it will consume this much you can go with burstable size which is means how much you have defined it will only need this remember the cost varies between these each family size so you will have to be very careful on which family you are choosing don't unnecessarily go and take a very high io optimized instance family for your you know uh, say kubernetes cluster most often the microservices built on kubernetes they are not io intensive they are more uh, you know memory intensive so um, think about which one you need based on that choose a standard instance family don't keep 10 different instance families uh because i am sure your application is one you may have a, multiple microservices but the nature of them will be the same or at least one or two types of you may have a compute uh, service layer microservice layer you may have a messaging uh, or caching layer so the behavior will remain the same so choose a, a, a set standard for instance families i will recommend that choose a compute optimized instance family 
for your applications and services choose uh, io optimized instance families for uh, systems like kafka or redis because they have more cpu and io uh, intensive application and it should be good enough and make sure that you have packaged these images as i mentioned earlier uh, into different versions so that when you are installing a kubernetes cluster you can choose the compute optimized when you are installing a kafka one you can choose an uh, you know memory and io optimized and likewise the next thing is very important always use a subscription model or in cloud terms use do not use a pay as you go model use a subscription model or a prepaid model even if you are running this machine for even a month if you if you are doing a labs kind of environment then it's okay because you will be destroying if you destroying the machine within a day for testing then it's fine you can go with pay as you go but make sure you have stopped the machine or destroyed the machine if your machine is going to sit and run 24 bar 7 for more than 10 days or 15 days or at least a month make sure you build machines with subscription model now some of you might think that oh if i go with subscription model and if i don't need it uh, within that month and i want to destroy it i'll be stuck it's not like that if suppose during the month you are you want to change the machine and destroy the machine you can do it and redeem the money from the cloud provider so that is only optional right i mean you may have it and those options are very rare so always go with subscription model believe it or not by following the subscription model we were able to, the differential that we saw um, just last year uh, is around 10000 dollars that we were saving purely going with the subscription model of the service so use a subscription model and in some of the cloud um, the longer the subscription time period the the better discounts you will get so if you are not in a state to commit uh, for more than a month don't go it but if you are in a state of to commit for uh, let's say 6 month or 1 year you will get better discount or if you are able to commit for 2 years or 3 years all all the more reason to go with subscription model so go with a subscription model that will literally bring down your cost and when you are going with subscription even the cloud provider gives a good amount of discount and if you are if you can even negotiate that price if you have good relationship with the cloud provider now suppose you are not going to uh, you know are not able to go with the subscription model and you still have instances which are created in pay as you go make sure that you stop the instances when they are not run i'm sure that if you are if you have instances which are non critical and just for testing you will not want to keep them running during the night or during the non working hours so stop those unused instances automate that process cloud provides uh, providers give you apis to automate those pro uh, processes so write a script to stop the instances uh, run it in a scheduled manner during your off office hours and and uh, these are typically for say testing or labs kind of uh, environment and uh so basically overall for an effective and optimized finops always go with a subscription model make sure that your servers are uh t-shirt sized and uses a standard instance family because depending on the service behavior now that brings me uh to the next uh, thing which i uh, uh, say the challenge uh, on uh, security right now um security is very important today and not just uh, banks and fintechs and healthcare um even the service organizations have different compliance model soc2 soc1 etc that they have to meet uh, and every uh, compliance uh, benchmark needs your system to be secured so how can you secure your system so that you meet those compliance need um first thing is hardening the system has to be hardened and have to be protected 
uh, such that it has a standard uh, official image even if it is open source but it still has to be from a trusted vendor or approved repository uh, and it has to be hardened now how can you harden it there are various ways you can harden it like uh, let's say you can enable uh, if it is a linux system you can enable ip tables or se linux in a permissive mode uh, so that it will not unnecessarily uh, give permissions to all files and folders and uh, avoid uh, root account uh, based uh, setups create separate uh, account for your users or services and uh, every server uh, should have a complex password policy if you are using passwords if you are using no password uh, mechanism that is the best if you're only using SSH key and passwordless mechanism, that's the best way. But suppose you still have a passwordless mechanism, then use a complex password policies. Um, but the best practices do not use any password. Use a key based uh, SSH key based passwordless uh, mechanism to give access to your system or even if service to service communication is happening. And all servers should be scanned regularly for any vulnerabilities. These vulnerabilities can be on your base operating system. It may be, let's say, CentOS has released some security patches or have identified some security issue in, in that particular version. So they will release some patches. So those have to be scanned uh, regularly. Uh, monthly is good. But if you can have a very regular, like a daily basis scanning, so you will be updated immediately when the uh, vulnerability uh, is published by the group and you can patch it uh, and alerts to be sent out when any modification to your system is done with all uh, network policies and security group policies um, so uh, the other thing is approval uh, system for upgrade so uh, remember when you are having these vulnerabilities sometimes they might end up disturbing your existing setup so when you get notified that uh, when usually when the vulnerabilities are published there are three level they are um, divided low medium critical so look into the critical ones first because they are uh, of course the critical ones and first test those patches onto your uh, labs or testing system before applying it on production don't just blindly go ahead and patch the system with that uh, because suppose it mm, does not those changes d impacts your other software that are installed on your system you might be able to highlight it uh, to your regulator to say that look this is a uh, you know thing or you might be might have to go back and see what can be done to mitigate it um, so uh, recently like some tl tls uh, uh, upgrade to tls3 it, it was you know causing issue in many system in our site so we had to push back and go to tls2 so sometimes they give those leeway that if not the um, you know usually uh, these security patches are released on the latest version but the good practice is always be on n minus one version the one version less so if you are at least able to update your system to n minus one it is good enough for regulators and system but remember that you will have to keep tracking these vulnerabilities so that you do not just sit on n minus one someday that n minus one will begin, become n minus two so have to prepare to upgrade it and find the solution for it so hardening and patching and regular auditing your system through an automated system is very important to achieve the security that you need to before you host your application. And uh, it is important if possible, if you have a security benchmarks already ready, implement it on your uh, base image itself. Other, uh, uh, or else you will have to build a hardened image again. 
so if you if you can do it do it at the beginning so that from day one your developers start getting onboarded and you know testing your application onto the hardened base and you do not have to think about hardening and patching when you are uh, you know thinking about going live so the earlier you take these measures the better for your releases and all of these uh, should be managed using a configuration management system um, like uh, os upgrades if you have to upgrade to the next minor version or a security patch version and you have like say 100 virtual servers uh, so you will say oh i am on an immutable infrastructure why not i just rebuild the 50 virtual machine now it is um, or 100 virtual server from the uh, you know uh, immutable infrastructure you can do that now it depends on which is faster Sometimes uh, immutable infrastructure is a base model, but you cannot do too many changes uh, for configuration. And sometimes it might happen that these patches are specific to one particular service. Let's say Kubernetes patches, right? So you do not want to apply Kubernetes patches onto your Kafka, Kafka servers or your Redis servers, right? Um, that's why uh, think about uh, a config configuration management system, uh, which is automated uh, uh, configuration parameters, which is version controlled. Um, that can be applied on demand uh, whenever you need it. So configuration management is very important so that you do not hear things like it works on my machine but not in prod, right? Um, so uh, a configuration management uh, on top of the packaging and immutable infrastructure model will give you an enhanced way to extend your infrastructure and make it more scalable. And uh, one thing I'd like to touch base upon but not go into deep dive into it is that um, with today's age of containerized uh, infrastructure, when you're installing software, um, you can choose a containerization model to install any base software as well because that gives you a cloud agnostic platform. Uh, it is not typical to say AWS, uh, EC2 instances or Google's compute engine. You can run containers anywhere. Uh, provided it's an underlying Linux infrastructure. Uh, so when you're installing base software, let's say a logging tool, monitoring tool, or even the centralized artifact repository, you'll still have to install the service. You can use the containers to install it. And you can even, if since you're using pack, Packer already to package your system images, you can also package your base container images. Um, and uh, for stateless application, it really works well, uh, containerization. Uh, and make and remember when you are using containerized applications or sub services do not make it stateful they will give you an option to make it stateful but do not go into it because containers are just processes running on the system they do not care about data replication so uh, even though the system will provide you mechanism but they will not give you the application uh, you know data replication so make it stateless always so this brings me to summarize the whole uh, of system factor and how can you achieve uh, a robust infrastructure by designing a, a well-defined system. So what do you need for today's uh, modern digital world is a compute service that is easy to scale out on demand during happy hours. You don't want to sit and wait for your operational team to extend. You, as soon as you hit the traffic, you want it to perform. Next thing is needed is security, servers that are secured enough to host public facing applications and prevent overspending on infrastructure or overspilling your budget. Now, how do you achieve them? You can achieve them. And for this is this since this episode, I'm talking purely on systems. There are other ways 
additional ways on top of these that i'll be explaining in the next episode but let's uh, talk about what can you do on the systems layer or for the system factor to achieve the need for performance security and you know uh, finops what you can do is immutable and stateless compute servers built from version controlled machine images standardized across all your environments and enhanced with automated horizontal scaling on demand or horizontal auto scaling next regulate regular validation of system hardening patching and upgrades through configuration management system this will give you the security uh, this will meet the security policies that you will need to to match the regulatory needs the third is prevent overspending or you know uh, underspending on infrastructure go with a prepaid model for hosting your servers on cloud that will save a lot of cost that otherwise you will be spending on a pay as you go model so this in summary is the system factor of the 10 factor infra framework i hope you liked these sessions and uh, it it helped you get more visibility into the anatomy of modern infrastructure how to make it robust and meet today's demand in the last two episode we have covered about two factors from 10 factor infra framework uh, so far we have covered networks and system and next week i will be discussing about the brain of modern infra where all the data and information is stored yes you guessed it right the next episode will be about storage the third factor in the 10 factor infra framework with that note i would like to conclude today's episode you can get the transcript of both the episodes on cloudkata.com and connect to me on cloudkata.com write send your queries questions or if there is anything specific that you want uh, like to like me to cover in my podcast let me know on cloudkata.com this is your infra coach kamalika signing off enjoy your weekend and take care stay healthy stay safe goodbye meet you next week